You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. I uh, hope you had a glorious week. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you're enjoying the show this year. Um, this is a big episode for us because this is the first video. Look at that. We're actually talking and seeing us. Can't wow. believe it. This is great. As long as you're on YouTube. Yeah, as long as you're on YouTube, you're listening. Yeah, but that's you're still, true. You're still listening to the Chris So you audio. guys can watch, listen to this, which is very important. But you can also then go subscribe to the YouTube and, and watch it as well mm -hmm. later when you're home from work and you have nothing to do with your lives like me. You know, I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff of stuff that's going on. And I, I want to always say thank you to you, you guys out there, the listeners. I, I think I've said it a million times, but you got to because you're the reason we're here. You that are loyal. And I see those same downloads every Tuesday when they pop up immediately. And I'm like, ah, oh, people are still listening. Thank God. I, I, I say that because I love it. I love doing this. I love talking to people. I, I love learning about myself. I love opening up, becoming more, being more vulnerable and watching my guests be more vulnerable. And that's what's been really great. A lot of people said, don't do video because they, they won't open up as much. And I, I, I disagree completely. Don't you, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it so far. It's weird, like being on camera. I mean, not weird for me, maybe weird for Ryan. So it's weird. like, what do I do? What do I do? Uh, a lot of great stuff going on. Again, I want to say thank you to subscribing. Tell all your friends, get them to subscribe. Uh, patrons, my patrons out there are freaking wonderful. I'll mention you in the outro, your names, you know who you are, but everybody on there really supports the show. And when you give money to the show, it really, it, it's, you know, we're not like the biggest show out there. We're not Rogan and you know, he's great. I'm not comparing. I'm just saying, you know, we're the little caboose that could, and we want to really just launch this thing. We want to keep doing it and, and make it grow. Remember the little red caboose? Well, the caboose is the thing at the back that doesn't, well, we're so the little, the engine, it's so, a little engine. Yeah. Fuck. Thank God you're here. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I will be in uh, Mexico in March. Cool. La Mole, uh, Mexico for three days. We're doing a Smallville night. Some of the Smallville guys are going to be there. I'm doing a live podcast, guys. I'm saying it right now. You're hearing it. Live podcast in Austin, Texas. This is going to be pretty incredible. It's at a place called the North Door in Austin at 7 p.m. on March 31st on a Tuesday night. My guest is Zach Levi. So you know him from Shazam, Chuck. He's been on the show before. We're going to take down Austin. So please... Get your tickets. I'm going to tell you where to get those tickets. Well, here it says HTTP colon slash slash inside of you live.com. Uh, it will redirect you and get your tickets. 25 bucks if you get them now. Also, if you go to marginwalkerpresents.com, it will lead you to there too. It's margin, M-A-R-G-I-N. So, uh, yeah, check it out. It's going to be a really fun night. I'm going to get out there with, with Zach Levi and hopefully maybe I'll have some shirts by then, you know, give some prizes and uh, really have a good time. I'm excited about it. I'm not, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. It's just like, I like live, live. I don't know if I can bring you. I think it's too costly. That's fine. Maybe we'll figure out. I'll just way. sit alone in the dark. <laughs> no, you won't. Well, that's what happens. You just turn the lights off in here. I just stay. Jesus. I know. Great guest today. Um, you've seen him as Superman. You've seen him in the, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. That's right. He opened up. I could tell he didn't want us at first, and then he just kind of let it go and talked about, you know, how he didn't really like how his um, how he acted in a certain way, and you know, maybe it was immaturity or it was getting old. It was just sometimes life kicks you in the ass and it makes you wake up. I've gone through it. Most people do go through it, or they, you know, I think if you don't have these revelations or these or become vulnerable or I don't know, man, it's it's. It's amazing where, where the hand of fate takes you when you just let it. And he lets it out. He, he tells you about the adversity he faces. And um, I think you're going to really enjoy this one. I haven't seen him this open, so I, I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get inside my buddy, Brandon Routh.
It's my point of view You're listening to Inside of You With Michael Rosenbaum Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to my podcast. This is Michael Rosenbaum and this is Inside of You. And today's guest, I love that, look at that. Guest is taking pictures. Brandon Routh, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. Uh, you know, you asked permission, so. I did, a few times. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't bug you, right? You didn't feel like I was ever bugging you, like, no. oh, shit. Did you, I, you could be truthful. I appreciate me. what I did notice was that you wanted to make sure that I didn't flake and forget, which I appreciate because that happens quite a lot. Does it happen with actors, with yourself, or does it happen with hosts of things? No, 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 not with hosts. I think it's with guests. You want to make sure, you know, that, that it's, that it's happening. I, I, I tend to worry sometimes that uh, plans that I've made are going to, are going to fall through that somebody forgot or, right. they, you know, because I think with, with the cell phone, people don't make concrete plans. Well, not only that, but if you text somebody, you say, yeah, dude, I'll do that. Sometimes I just forget that I, I didn't you put it in my calendar. Put it in your calendar yeah. Of course I wanted to do it. I've had that where somebody doesn't show up and then Ryan and I have to uh, sort of improvise. That happened, right? You call, yeah. your, you call your special guest who comes in and, and you know sits in when you're missing your guest like they do in all the talk shows. Yeah, I'm usually that special guest. <laughs> I'm usually that recurring guest. Hey, Rosie, are you available at 2 o'clock now? What? Yeah, uh, yeah. we want to be a guest. You obviously, someone canceled. That's why you're calling Yeah, me. well, you could do it yourself. Just different side, interview different sides of yourself. Wouldn't that be interesting if someone doesn't show up, if I just go and I, I just ask a question, go over there, sit down, and you'll just edit it. Yeah, just, you just talk to myself. But you, interview, but you interview a different side of yourself, different By the way, I don't think that's a bad idea. If we were rolling cameras, and I ask some questions, and I do this, and I, I do that, you know? We wouldn't be able to use the wide shot. I know. Unless you know some CGI. But... Do you get asked to do these things a lot? Do you get asked by people, hey, will you do interviews? Will you do a podcast? Do you, a lot, huh? Uh, yeah. It's become one of the most popular ways to to talk and, and have a conversation. I, I frankly enjoy them. It's much more exciting when I have the time to sit down at length and speak about things versus, you know, a regular TV interview or intends to be very five minutes three very, minutes very quick what are you doing and, all, and also they have a they have an agenda right yeah. they have their agenda for entertainment and i have this thing i have to plug and you know they're canned answers to a degree and yeah it's not as it's not as uh creatively uh engaging and exciting you seem i think you are you're pretty much a private person you're a private guy right well, i mean you're not yeah. all over the media doing things doing stupid things right. doing yes. getting yourself in trouble you're not a, a partier you don't go out and get drunk you have a wife you have a kid i just throw ragers at my house you throw night. ragers yeah for myself right yeah and my wife but you know i, I <laughs> but i was wondering i was like what do you do some of this because i'm sure in the media you just heard about all the Stephen amell stuff and uh well i was just listening to a little bit but not all of it well, so i got about the first 25 minutes that, to well, to you it. almost hit the part where uh so he had a pan- he had a panic attack Oh my gosh! And you know, I told him, I said, "Look, I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of it. You want me to just can it?" And I'm like, let, "Let me listen to it." He listened to it. He goes, "Hey, I want to come back. I want to finish it." And it was really important because all my listeners, and maybe more, maybe people, more people will listen because you know, this is a guy that you look at, and you're like, he's an actor. He's on a hit TV show. He plays a superhero. He's beautiful looking, great body. He even wrestles on the side. He's got millions of dollars. How could this guy get anxiety? How could this guy get? Uh, you know, people don't think about it. I mean, and most people are like, oh, actors, you know, this, this whole thing, you know, they, they, well, you know, they're getting paid a lot of money. They don't do anything. 
this guy was working 23 episodes a year. You guys are doing all these crossovers things. And um, he hit a wall. And I could tell when I was talking to him because I interviewed him before on the show. And he was just... Anyway, he decided, look, I'm coming back. I'm going to do this. And he was much stronger in a great place. And, and we talked about it. I let him listen to what he had said. And it was nuts. And yeah. he was... And I let him know. I go, listen, you know, people want... They want to do this thing on people... Uh, I don't know. People. <laughs> and... Uh, He's like, yeah. I go, you have a, you want to quote something? You don't have to. He's like, yeah. Immediately sent me back a quote. Re, you know, tweeted. He was like, I, I was amazed by his bravery. Yes, that's incredibly brave of him to be open enough to have that to to let it be a part of the conversation. Which, yeah, you know, the stigma and all of that mental health, thankfully, has has started to it's get shifting a lot more notoriety and 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 news and um and exposure. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's something we all. We all have to deal with every day when we wake up. Yes. How are you going to attack the day? Are you conscious of how you're going to attack the day? Do you just wake up? Um, how do you live life? You know, that's a good segue into, do you feel like you're spreading yourself too thin ever? Do you ever feel like, do you ever look at your wife? Because in, in the interview, he says, you know, my wife, uh, you know, she's like, hey, I want you to go see someone. Yeah. I mean, he's not doing anything for two days. He's not eating. He's on the couch. He's. Mm -hmm. a, I heard that. Yeah. Do you ever get like, uh, holy shit, man. I played Superman and now I'm on a show where I'm playing, you know, a big character who's, I don't want anybody to see like the vulnerability, the, the side of me that they'll be like, oh, he's not capable of playing this role. He can't handle it. If they, if you see any weakness, you know, do you ever feel like that or, or have you in years where I, I no matter how nervous you are or uh, exhausted or whatever it is, you just suck it up and pretend that you're absolutely fantastic? I... Don't think I always suck it up and pretend that I'm absolutely fantastic if I'm tasked with that in an interview and to go on and promote something. Yes, I will. I will do that. But um, I mean, what you're asking is is multiple answers and and, and aspects. To <laughs> I, that, I tend to, that, to do to that, that question. Yep. I would say that the end of my run as Superman and Superman Returns that did not. Uh, that 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 did not pan out the way I thought it was going to, yeah. the way everyone around me thought it was going to, and so I had to really come to terms with a lot of that. Um, when there was no sequel, you know, the movie was widely well reviewed. People liked to see, liked the movie, but it it you know made almost four hundred million dollars worldwide, but that wasn't enough. Um, and it was a very slow fizzle out of the possibility of a sequel over the next two three years. Uh, and I did my, I did everything I could do that I thought in, in my, in, in, in my world to help make it happen. Right. Um, uh, which is a story for another time or this time, uh, <laughs> but, but more to mental health and we could go back if we want on that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think at that point in my life, I still didn't know that I had, that I was anxious, that I had that what anxiousness really was or that I had it that anyone could experience anxiety. Yeah. Um, did you believe it? I mean, you believed it, but you just, did you ever see anxiety? Did you ever see I don't think certain I, things where you just not aware of I don't think I let it? it in. You know, there's a, there's a whole thing about, go back and look at my childhood, anybody's childhood, and we all grow up a certain way, believing certain things and seeing the world in, in their way. And I pretty much saw rainbows and hearts and rainbows um, and made everything that I didn't want to be, that wasn't hearts and rainbows into hearts and rainbows. It's called bypassing, right? So I grew right. up in a culture of, of 
of bypassing, uh, spiritual bypassing, using God or using something else. To good say, parents, well, good it's upbringing. Gonna, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be okay because just give it to God and and it will you know everything will be okay because of that. Right. Um, which is a very can be very calming, right? It's a way to like okay, don't sure. have to worry about this. But but that catches up to you eventually, right? Um, because then you're only living life in 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 white and life is black and white you can't have one without the other right it's essential for life yeah and you know through through multiple career experiences and uh, showing me that uh i have an opportunity to learn more and through uh, my wife courtney ford who's you know been an amazing um um help (laughs) guide in in finding balance because she life. was with you through that whole thing. Yes, she was with you. If she if you didn't have her when when you had Superman Returns, right? right. Yeah, because you met her in two thousand two, uh, two thousand three, three. Fall of two thousand three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very close. Though. Very close. <laughs> but you know, I always think, how do you get through things? Yeah, there's so many things. Death. You know, uh, you were supposed to be on the sequels, mm-hmm. and then that didn't pan out. Yeah. And if you don't have anybody to vent to or really go deep and be vulnerable and real and you just deflect, you're like, fine, I'm fine. I'll go have a drink or I'll go out and party. You're just prolonging the inevitable. What's happening is distraction, distraction, distraction. And all of a sudden, three years later or two years later, or a month later, you start to feel things and you don't even know where they came from. But why do I feel this? Why did I get so upset about that? Why was my response so... And you have no idea. And then, then it's lost in translation. You don't even know why you're upset. And you then, through whatever, therapy, or you realize it's coming all from that, all these things that I kind of tucked away. Yes. I mean, that's, that's what I, I found. At. So it's nice that I, I, you know, I was doing some reading, and uh, I do that occasionally, but um, reading. Mm-hmm. But it just I, I noticed Courtney was the theme. Courtney was the sort of the running theme that was just like, I, I, I see how important she is to you. I, I, I very, uh, very openly speak about it. Yeah. Um, at this point in my life, because I understand the great value, um, that I, that I've received the lessons that I've, that I've been able to, to, to learn from her. I mean, we've both, we've both learned from each other, but I, but I seeing from my perspective, I see the, I see the devis, deficit that I was experiencing in my life up until that point, yeah. as far as understanding balance in, in life. And, you know, she knew me, she knew me best then she knows me best now. And so going through that whole trauma of Superman returns, the end of Superman returns was a long drawn out process of me in denial for much of it. And thankfully, I guess I didn't, I didn't lean on drugs or alcohol. Yeah. Parting, I played world of Warcraft endlessly. I see that. you're um, war- Yeah. Warcraft. And that was my addiction. Um, and then, you know, a few other games along the way, but, but that was where I lost myself and spent way too much time. It took me a long time to come to terms with that, that that was an addiction for to, me. To, to beat the game? <laughs> yeah, yes. You know, to get a long time? Beat, I beat Warcraft. <laughs> Wait, it's still going? Wait, they keep updating. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, there is no beating it. Um, <laughs> is there not? No, I've never played. No. You can't beat it. It just no. goes on and on. No. You have, it you goes on and on. forever. Right, right. As it's designed to do. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, that, that was my, that was my therapy. That was your escape, your your reflection. Right, right. And, but it wasn't helping me, you know, it was, it was a coping mechanism, but it wasn't teaching me things until I finally came, you know, had several experiences where I had to come to terms with that. And, and so she, she was, she was part of that. Now, um, I have a better understanding of what happened then 
looking back, I can go, okay, I took way too long to get this point, but finally I, I, I achieved that level up as far as um, balance. My next phase was realizing what I had messed up, where I, where I had screwed up. What was uh, the screw up? The screw up was, still learning what the screw up is. The screw up was uh, the, the deflecting. Def- deflecting, right. What was the deflecting, but why was I deflecting? And, and, and in the deflecting, I had built up this ego of, of, of who I was. And I was also, it was fear deflecting Always. out of deflecting out of fear. Okay. So I was deflecting out of fear because I, I played Superman. I jumped uh, this huge to the front of the line. I'd done auditions and I'd been on stuff before, but I really jumped to the front of the line when I did that movie. Yeah. And then I wasn't given what I thought I was or had earned. I wasn't right. getting offers. Right. For Isn't that kind of an effed way of looking at things? Because I know, because yeah. we feel like, well, we deserve this. Yeah, I or, very deserving. I worked hard. I deserve. And it's like it, it, it's hard to. It, it is ego, mm-hmm. and it's hard to imagine. Like it's just it, that that takes time to to, to uh, change your way of thinking, doesn't it? A very long time. I I I was told by my you know representatives and everyone they thought it was going to be a big deal, right? That's what happens. You do a big movie and then you do other. Well, movies. didn't they? T- well, I read that they actually your agent. Uh, took you on because he's like you look sort of like resemble christopher reeve so i'm gonna have him in my back pocket because he's destined to play that role is that sort of why he became your agent well originally that was what he said to me then but that i no longer that agent dropped me um after i got after i that got fired bad. from the soap opera i was on back in 2001 anyway so they missed out on that yeah sure did um but uh that didn't happen when well, the only offers i was getting were horror movies which i did not which i love by the way look around you fright night we got (laughs) dracula over here rudy isn't a horror movie but you know yes it's a wonderful movie so Um, you're getting all these other offers things for projects that i didn't that weren't in line with what i wanted to do right Uh, not a lot but they but what offers were coming in were for things that i just had no interest in and i didn't see them moving my career forward in in the path that i wanted um I had to audition for things and there were things that came very close that there that i was working with on the studio that just didn't they didn't pull out of they were in production and it didn't happen. A couple other things that just didn't happen. Um, but by and large, I was not a qualified auditioner. Who is? It's the worst thing in the world. It's a very, Are you better now? I feel like I'm better now. I have more confidence in myself and many other things that kind of help make that better. Right. Um, but I was I was not a good auditioner except for things that I was really right for. <laughs> right. Which is why you get the things you're really right for. Anyway, so I I, I didn't do the work I I didn't read scripts well enough. I didn't, I, I was, I, my foot was halfway out the door um, every time I was going in. So I, then I was probably creating a bad reputation for myself um, with casting offices and, and producers and things. And so, but I was in denial of all this for, for, for quite a while. And I had great opportunities, thankfully, that came along, you know, um, with Zach and Mary and Kevin yep. Smith, uh, you know, and, and Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim you were just talking about that. Yeah. Loves that. I got to see that. That's really fun. A lot oh. of my friends have seen it and they love that. So I got to see that. It's that's a, a, that's a classic. It's a worthwhile movie. All right. I'm, I'm going to uh, check it out. And then with Chuck. And so I had things, you know, thankfully kept me afloat and learning along the way, but it wasn't until I, I really, um, till I really understood that I needed to start, again, that I needed to relearn things and uh, relearn how to, uh, not relearn, but I had to go back, I had to go back and, and actually learn how to audition um, for myself and re-engage myself and really become part of the process and fully 
looking back, I can call it surrender. I can say that it, I had to surrender to the process and surrender to the fact that I had to audition. And became disciplined, it sounds like. Yes, I started to work hard. And so that started, you know, the first thing that started was happened is I, I after I took on that mentality was I got the pilot um, uh, the, the, for the sitcom that I did um, uh, called Partners in 2012. And that was a wonderful experience and would love to be still doing it to this day. But sure. that, we did 13 episodes and that was the end of that. Then shortly after that was the opportunity for, for, for Arrow. And I, you know, they, they, I brought in, I had a meeting with the producers, but then I had to go back and I read with a wonderful uh, Emily Ricketts and, um, and did a chemistry test with her. And so I had to prove myself. That's the thing you always, you have to prove yourself. And I'm like listening to you and it's funny because sometimes I think I'm going to have nothing in common with people. Mm. And then you start talking. I think we all have things that are in common. Like there is an ego. Ego is such a big part of, of everyone's life that they probably ruin a lot of opportunities. And I remember I had opportunities, but it was ego. It was lack of discipline. Uh, I don't want to go learn this. I, I just, I, I was, it was sort of embarrassing. If I look back, I'm like, you fucking pompous little shit. For you <laughs> to go, you know, you have an audition with, uh, you know, Tom Hanks or something. I mean, I, I worked on that one, but, uh, you know, Goodwill hunting and saving private Ryan. And I, I remember those like, like the night before party. And I was a kid. I was like 26. And I was like, I'm going to go. I didn't give a shit. Like, because I, I wasn't mature. And by the way, maturity isn't something that is in my vocabulary, <laughs> but I'm very responsible. And you know, it takes time. You say it takes time to sort of like look back and go, Hey, this is, this is where I was fucking up. This is, this is why. And you said you learn, you relearn things. And I've talked about this before, but I, I wasn't relearning. I, I had to learn all these things. I had to learn all the things that I didn't learn as a child. And so there was a lot of growing up that I've done probably in the last, the most growing up I've done in the last year and a half yeah. of just between doing this podcast and like talking to folks like you. And, and so just sort of digging deep and like, it's funny cause I'm watching you're like, there's still things that you're figuring out. We're all figuring out. But when, when you look back and you think, uh, you know, I deflected, I started playing Warcraft, my wife's doing this. Did you, do you remember even like having any breakdowns, any emotional moments, any like crying spouts, you know, bouts of like, uh, just like, God, what's the matter with me? I'm emasculating myself. You know, did you ever feel like that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go into detail because that's a, you know, but, but there was a moment and that was the moment when I, when I, when things started to change, um, crying, sobbing on the floor. Um, because I was, I was shown, I was, I finally, I, I finally allowed myself to come. I was in a vulnerable enough place, I guess, to come face to face with, with how people saw me. So I had the, you have this vision of who you are, right? And then there's how people see you. And when those two things are incongruent, when they don't come together, they don't match up, you look in the mirror and what's looking back at you is other person's reflection of who you are. It's like, what? Wait a second. No, no, no. They're, for a long time, you go, they're wrong, right? They're wrong. They're, they're wrong. It's not me. Right. I know who I am. But if you really allow that to see that it's like it can be devastating oh oh whoa i was i was a real idiot i i sincerely hurt people and i made an incredible amount of mistakes but i'm a good person and i mean well so that's part of my part of my ego is well i'm a good person i mean well i'm doing i'm doing this to help somebody 
but some people, sometimes people don't want help or they don't want the help that you are giving them. You can still hurt somebody by helping them. You're, and you can still, you can, I, mean, I can't give you an example <laughs> right now, but definitely happens that you can have good intentions, but still hurt people. And I was in a cycle of, of that to a to degree of not understanding that I was doing that. Right. And then you were all of a sudden hit with it. So then I'm a mar- it, it was, I feel like I'm a martyr, right? But right. I was, I was just kind of screwing some stuff up. And then it became a reality to you what you had been doing. Like yeah. you were really genuinely honest with yourself. And that's sort of when the breakdown happened. Yeah. That's sort of when you were like, I'll tell you what, I, I get it. Self, like self-loathing. Yes. Like, you know, when I've had interviews, like people don't love themselves. I get it. Yeah. I get it because I've been there. Yeah. I know it. It's like, you know what? I, I not only don't like myself, I actually remember looking in the mirror. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Did I tell you this, Ryan? No. I remember looking in the mirror and going, who the fuck are you, man? Like, like if anybody was filming, they'd think I was a crazy person. And maybe I was, maybe I am. I remember going, who the fuck are you, dude? Like, who the fuck are you? And I really look at myself. It wasn't like I was doing this all the time. It was just like, this would happen every, occasionally. Every couple months, I'd just go, I'd, I, you know, wash my face at night, brush my teeth. And I kind of look in the mirror and I go, I'd look closer. Like, I just, I was trying to put it together. Like, I really don't know myself. I don't, what do I do? Like, what do I do? I don't have Courtney. I don't have, you know, so mine was, well, therapy. <laughs> I was like going, fuck it. Fuck it. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to find me. And I want to live the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years going, Hey, now I got a grip of who I am. And that, by the, by the way, that's, that's horrible. I mean, I've had those breakdown moments. I've had those breakdown moments in the shower. Like it's a, a comedy. Like if people were filming it, it'd be like air supply and I'm on my knees naked with water around me and I'm just bawling. And I'd start to laugh after the cry thinking of that. I'm all out of love. I'm so <laughs> lost. I'm naked. You're fucking naked. You're an idiot. What's wrong with you? You know, and uh, dude, that, that fucking hits home. It does. And if you just pay attention to it long enough, you'll, you'll have to address it. Yeah. That's self-awareness. You know, we look in the mirror all the time and see if we have a, you know, anything in our teeth or what our hair looks like. But we're not really looking and seeing what's behind the eyes. What's who, who's there? Who's in control? Is our brain in control or is our higher nature in control? Are we just a mammal or are we a human? It's the difference that sets us apart from pretty much all mammals is that we have this the ability to think on a higher level and have self-awareness in our prefrontal cortex. What sets us apart is that we know that we know that we know. We don't just do things. We, we can understand our... We're aware of what we're doing. We're, we can be. We can be we aware, can of, be what aware of what we're doing. Most of humanity is not aware of what they're doing. They're just doing it. Right. On, 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 on. Every once in a while, they check in. Autopilot. It's, auto, of, it's going through the motions. It's autopilot. We've all done that. Until these big moments, either happy or sad, yeah. hit you and you go, whoa. And, and you, you're forced to either step out of that autopilot or not. But when you're able to step out, you go, holy shit, this is what is real and what isn't real. What am I in control of and what am I not in control of? Yeah. What is this human experience? What am I here for? What am I doing? Why am yeah. I working 14 hours 
<laughs> a day, yeah. not not seeing m- m- my family or what what have to you. To make money, maybe. To, there's always reasons. Why to make am money. I making money? Why am I doing any of this? Why am I for my child? For my we're all searching for the purpose, and then we're we're going a little bit from intelligence, but this is all part of it. You know, what is the purpose of what is the purpose of life? And I certainly don't have an answer for everyone. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by rocket money i love rocket money you know why because everyone should have rocket money because it just helps you save money how many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money just throwing away money ryan i i found one you and you did it you told me i got rocket money (laughs) okay i found one it i'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on but thank you for finding it my god it was embarrassing <laughs> yeah because it's like you want to watch some show and you go oh, i have to subscribe to this uh this streaming dev- uh, whatever mm-hmm. and you you start streaming the show you watch it you leave and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month it's, it is embarrassing Ugh. you know 75 percent of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about before i started using rocket money i thought i had you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. 
Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. But that, you're getting something now. Talking about purpose. Purpose isn't just something you're born with. And maybe you are born with it, but you're just not aware of it. Most people aren't aware of their true purpose, their true calling. And it's usually the hand of fate or whatever happens throughout life. Eventually you get to a place, hopefully young enough, where you're like, this is what I'm destined to do. I'm destined to, maybe I'm destined to just talk to people and open up and help other people who are listening. Maybe, you know, my real destiny lies in, I mean, whatever. But sometimes that takes a long time and I think it's taken me a long time. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, I think, because you can, you can kill yourself pursuing your purpose uh, in, in the pursuit of your uh, of purpose um, and and the belief that there has to be a purpose, some great purpose, um, in the pursuit of 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 purpose and meaning in life, we do a lot of bad things sometimes. I mean, villains have purpose, mm-hmm. and they want to validate their life. Villains, people who have uh, what you're we, in that universe long what enough, we, you're going to say we would villains. Call, what we would call villains, you know? <laughs> right. Um, I've played enough bad guys to know that. You you have to believe that in what you're doing in order for it to come off sure. um, authentically. Um, that's the world that they live in. And for me, only for me, speaking only for myself, I am experiencing what it is to be human. And that is my sole purpose. How do you do that? Not sole purpose. It's the fundamental purpose. What do you do to achieve that? Obviously, you know, you, you can't just go to work and be an actor and, and come home and there's got to be other things that, uh, you know, like char- charity stuff, whatever it is that make you feel something, make you feel human interaction, connection, presence, all that stuff. Like, is there so- certain things that you like, this is the most important and I'm not sacrificing this. This is going to happen. I'm going to continue doing this. And, you know, w- what is that? The biggest rule or um, attachment that I have to any any kind of rule or structure is that I'm a father. So. That's number one, and then I'm then I'm a, a husband and teammate to Courtney, and we have yeah. that unit, and then extends to my family, my my parents and my sisters and my brother, um, and friends and what have you. But I I have to be here. I have to support Leo. That is my number one. Yes, no, my number one thing in life. That's purpose, man. That and he, it's a dual purpose. I mean, he I, I learn as much from him as he's learning from me, if not learning more from him through that experience. But it's here to experience life. Right now, I chose to have a child. So I'm experiencing a life to see, my, to see myself reflected. I am seeing a reflection of all of my flaws. I see it on a daily basis. Uh, the traumas that I have, unresolved trauma that I have in my life that I'm propagating, propagating uh, onto, onto my son. And I can see that and go, oh, I don't want to do that. That was a learned behavior from my family or from society, and I don't choose to continue to put that out into the world and to give that to my son. I want him to be free of those um, foibles, those those sins of the father and mother and what have you. So I just can't imagine him having that much uh, much sin. You seem like such a great guy. Like I know these are subtle things; these are little things along the way that you're like. Oh, he's learning that. That's from me, or that's from this. I, uh, you know, I feel horrible. I, I don't want him to. But you've got to remember that 
we're human. We're definitely not perfect. And he's going to evolve into something and you give him the love, you give him whatever attention. That's probably, you do the best you can. You have to know that like, at least I'm learning that like, do the best you can, as long as you know, it was the best you could do, you know, in that moment. And I even give credit to my parents. I'm like going, you know, Hey, you, you just really didn't know how to be a certain way. And I, I forgive you. And I'm, I'm moving on and I love you. Just acknowledge your fuck ups, acknowledge your fuck ups, which means when Leo gets to be 20 years old, he's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you fucking, you know, you're, you know, hopefully he won't say fucking, but I would. And then he's like, I'm like Chris Farley right now. Idiot. It's, it's about saying, you know what, Leo, you're right about that. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I wish I would have done that. I apologize for that. I'm telling you that just any kind of acknowledging something from a parent, because they're always perfect. They're on the pedestal. They don't fuck up They're My parents were just, I thought they were fucking perfect. Everything they said politically, uh, they said uh, so-and-so was having an affair down the street. They're not good parents or this. I believed them all. And then I woke up one day and go, are you fucked? Look at you. You guys are more half than the others. I think that there was definitely like, look, it's how you're raised. But I remember looking at my dad, like, never drank, never smoked, never did anything. Do, you know, nothing, no pot, not, I mean, almost nothing. And it wasn't until I was 21 and I was a at his uh, old dentist's office in Long Island. I was like, yeah, my dad just, was he always like, just kind of like right down the line, just didn't really do much. Just, Your dad used to walk around naked. Are you kidding me? I'm like, what? So there's certain things you don't need to tell your children. I was like, my dad was like, yeah, yeah. What? Later on, he started to open up a little. But I think that as long as you're just honest and you do the best you can and you acknowledge your faults and your, your flaws, that, that I think that's what he's going to really admire. It's, it's something when you don't, when you sit there and go, well, I never did that. You're wrong. You're, if, yeah. I, th- I, you, I have a feeling you listen to your child. You're calm. You kind of just, how old is Leo? Uh, seven. Seven. So, you know. We do our best to take responsibility and say, I'm sorry. Um, it's a very important practice for us to, to admit when we have made mistakes. Parents make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. And teaching him to be responsible uh, for his own mistakes is a big thing. Um, it's important to us. You know, you say you can't imagine me doing too much wrong or, or what have you. But I have a, I had a, I had a, um, like a zero to, I don't know, 60, zero to 50 uh, anger sometimes when, when something wouldn't be right with not just with him, but, but road rage and that kind of thing, which I had a challenge with years ago. And I, that reaction now is, has been something I become aware of. And so you start with awareness. Um, that you're doing something and then you go, okay, I'm doing, I might not stop it every time, but I'm becoming more aware that and I'm you doing don't it. like this about yourself. I don't like it. It doesn't right. serve any, right. understand what, where it's coming from, why I'm doing it. And you start to dissolve those things. And same thing with, there are a lot of frustration as a, as a, as a parent. Why doesn't the child sleep? Why doesn't he do this? Why, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's a, a form. It's a very challenging, most challenging time in, in my life probably. And so, you can look at those things that you're doing that are not ideal and you can work to shift them because I want the experience not only for him, but for me also, because I'm not setting myself up to have a good day. If I'm frustrated, continually frustrated by a child being a child, that is, that is an irrational uh, attachment for me of a child to be perfect. And I had, there's the whole perfectionism that was in that, that I had, um, 
aspect of it. But I want to go back to, because it's all wrapped up. Go back to the road rage. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Go back to my first and foremost attachment and most important thing to be taken care of is my son. And experiencing the world and uh, experiencing the universe, uh, I'm conscious being and I get to experience what it is to be human and what it is to interact with life. So in order to do that effectively for me, I have to find joy, to find joy wherever I can. I don't always remember this. Listen, this is a this is a new practice for me, and I am working on it continually. But there, and, and it's a challenge when you have impeachment trials and what's happening in Iran and and all everything in the wildfires. How do you find joy when there's all this terror, these terrible things happening in the world? I think they're probably always going to be terrible things happening in the world for a very long time. So either we're always completely stressed about it and worrying about that and trying to to stop those things. We should try to stop those things always. But we also have to be able to find joy where we can and do those things and find joy. Have the moments of of despair and loss. Don't gloss over it. Don't pretend it doesn't exist. And these things have been happening for a long time. Exactly, for all of time. My dad said, well, things, things are worse now, right? He's like, are you kidding me, Vietnam? We just didn't have it on phones and everywhere in front of you at all the time. There was horribleness going on. And who, what does it matter if it was better or worse? It's still happening. Yeah. And, 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 and it's going to, I think it's probably going to continue to still happen. I hope not. Until we as human beings, as sentient beings, can find a better way to balance it and to experience it. So that when there's a trauma, we don't fully throw away our belief in positivity and good things happening just because this terrible thing is happening. And, and when this wonderful thing's happening, not just throwing away the fact that terrible things can, can happen. Yeah. But finding that balance and being okay with it. And a lot of spiritual teachings talk about this. It's the, 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 I don't know if that's the middle way, correct definition, but, but, there's, but you have to find balance that both things can exist. And it's okay that both things exist. I don't think you can ever, I don't know if we'll ever extinguish, if, if, if we're to ever extinguish, um, darkness, then there's only light. And if there's only light, how can you know anything else? I mean, there are many philosophers talk about this idea, yin and yang, um, black and white. I'm getting, I'm I'm, I'm getting into the weeds here. That's all right. I like the weeds, but finding joy and how I've, so what I try to do on my, on my work is go to work and enjoy my time on set. How do you do that? You're um, exhausted because it, because the end product, you don't know what the end product's going to be. And I had to go into this, you're also talking about loss. So we're going back to that loss of my family for the last five years and the character that I played for six years, as you may or may not know, I, I filmed my last episodes as in the Arrowverse and, and as Ray Palmer. And that was a very traumatic event for me. It was not something I was expecting. It was a shocking. Like the day of, they told you? The day of filming. Yeah, hopefully they didn't no, do no, that. No, 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 no. It was before we started production, but it was not well handled. And uh, and so that has been something I'm still, my wife and I are both still working through. Um, it's been a huge transition time for us those last eight, uh, nine, ten months. And uh, and so going, how is I going to find the joy in that? <laughs> Knowing this thing was gonna end. looming. Right. Uh, but I but I worked to, to just be with my crew would become my family and my cast would become my family and and experience that and just be there in the interactions with the people and how do you do that you have to have awareness you have to check in on yourself and go where's my brain morning what is my brain thinking wait wait where am i am i am i am a repetitive thought about something 
am I th- am I having an ant uh, a- automatic negative thought that's happening? And also, yeah, you let those things spiral. And if you go in a certain way and you start, I remember dealing with things and all it, you could see it. It's on your face. You're like, okay, what are we doing? It's like the resentment aren't these people. It's something that happened that ha- they have nothing to do with. And, and there's nothing they can do. And so it's sort of a waste of energy. And but but to be able to look at that and go, all right, all right, this is what this is. That's that, that's maturity. That's hard. That's the work of life. So you have to have all these experiences in your life that help you teach you at some point that that's the way to enlighten to freedom, to 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 freedom from this autopilot. So we're born. We don't have autopilot. We're taught autopilot mm-hmm. by society, by our by our family. We're open. We're open beings in that first stage of of life, but we, you have to be able to function. Yeah, you you if 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 the world is an acid trip and you have no structure as a baby, you don't have structure. You know, I don't know if it's like an acid trip, but, it but is, everything's man. crazy colors. Whoa, I don't have no structure. <laughs> I don't know what anything is. There's a name for this. What's language? I'm calling this this. This is the color blue. We have to do that in order to then experience the things. Right. But you learn that behavior. You learn that autopilot from your, mostly from your parents and from society. But then you have to unlearn that. Well, you. It sounds like when after the whole Superman thing, you know, you thank, thank God in a way, because let's say the sequels happen, you would have been, you wouldn't have changed. Uh, you that would have lingered yes, on like a freaking cranberry song. Who knows? You know? Who knows? But the fact that it sorry, the, the I could have I could have really broken down in a bad way or lashed out or done some other thing because I wouldn't have had. You know, I wouldn't have had the experiences that I did have, the loss yeah. um, that I did have to help. You know, How much of a better be person do you think you are from that experience and growing and figuring all that out in those fucking moments where you're just sobbing and growing? As and by the way, you, you weren't that old when that's when this happened. Yeah, Twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah, I thought I knew everything. Of course, we always do. It's crazy, but look with the whole thing. You told me about this because I don't know much about this with the Adam. You know, another character in the comic books ends up. In the comic books, they take over that character. That's what I read online. Is that true? Uh, yes. In the in what the a comic stupid book, thing in the comic the book world, Ray Palmer gets lost. Um, I can't remember exactly where it gets lost. Um, in the multiverse or in something, I was mixing that up with with the ant with Ant Man. But um, <laughs> but he he disappears anyway. But he leaves his belt behind, which is in the comics how he has the, the power um, to shrink. And uh, this young man uh, takes over. Takes over Ryan Choi. Becomes the I mean, okay, that's in the comic books, but it's something was working and everything is great and the ratings are great and everybody. Lo- who gives a shit if he gets lost? He can get, let him get lost. The last episode. Am I wrong here? Because I don't know how this works. Well, but that's I- not. So there's a lot of rumor uh, that flies around because you know these things are put out there and and for whatever reason they they don't have a. There's it's not my I'm it's not my place to 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 really speculate or or because you understand could do that. plans you could tell you know I think characters are put out there to see how what the response is and and right. what happens and that's not what happens with 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 Ray, um. In the end, I think I'm fine saying that he doesn't get lost into the multiverse. It's not we're not following the comic book, um, structure. Right, but if they ask you. They weren't going to come back for this uh, thing in the next season or whatever. I don't know down the road if you're not going to be on the show anymore. I mean, would you? Would your ego then take over? Or sometimes I don't think it's even ego. It's like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, that's a tough thing. Yeah, I've done that. We're like, come back. I'm like, I don't want to. Not not for that. With me, I didn't want to come back because I was that guy. Yeah. 
So I'm not going to come back in some other universe. I don't even know what the fuck's going on. And, and by the way, it's great. There's a lot of great stuff. I'm just saying there's another Lex and it's me. And it's like, it's like, well, I, this is not what I need to do. Yeah. I, I came back for a season seven. I came back for season 10 for the finale. I wanted to, it was great for the fans, you know, and there's a lot of rumors and stuff. There was always like, Oh, he left the show. God damn it. Kevin Smith says he left the show one more fucking time. I love you, Kevin. I said it, but I'm like, I didn't, I mean, technically my contract was six years. I talk about this. Six years. I stayed on until seven. Seven years. I did 160-something episodes. And then I said, hey, I'm going to go do whatever. And, of course, people are like, oh, you let." of course, no matter what I do, it's not going to be as big as Smallville. Mm. So I went off to do things that I love. Yes. I want to direct. I want to do this. I want to hang with my family. I want to, you know, like, what is he doing? Blah, blah, blah. He left Smallville. Why wouldn't he come back? Well, fuck you. You're the one who's selfish telling me what I should be doing. Fuck you. So I'm not angry. But what I'm saying for you is, if you want to come back because you love it and it's great and, oh, this is interesting, then that's what you do it for, of course. But if you're like, you know what? I did this for five, what, five years? Five seasons on, on Legends and then a season on Arrow. 100 over 100 episodes is the character. What I'm saying is do you think you'd go back? Uh, I mean, that's kind of a bridge that I will decide to cross when I get there. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, a, there's, a lot, there's a lot wrapped up in that answer. I'm sure. There's probably a little resentment. You said you didn't like how you how things sort of, uh, you know. That's by the way, I I I I really appreciate your candor and just sort of your just just being able to just you know feel and say that you know uh, these are feelings. Whether they are they're necessarily right to someone who watches the podcast or someone who looks at your interview, you you can't say everything that everybody wants you to say. You can't feel like it. So sometimes you do One of say my challenges things. is trying to live for other people and be what other people think I should be. One of my biggest fucking challenges. Worried about what people think of me. Thank you. That is the hardest thing. Because you want everybody to be happy. You want everybody to be, you know, like you. You want, you want everybody to like you. Of course you, you do. You want everybody. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm just going to really try to, I'm going to fuck up. I am going to fuck up. I promise it's you. It's essential I, to life. I, but it's I, essential but to I, life. And I do a lot. I know now. And hopefully if you love me, or you like me, and I say something you don't like, you don't go, well, fuck him. You go, all right, well, that's his opinion, or that's how he felt in that moment. So, you know, it's it's, it's tough. It is it is tough. And, like, a lot of people on the outside will always say, you know, the, the thing you always hear is, like, you know, they're lucky. Oh, my God, they don't have a right to feel in a way. And I'm like, I, I am grateful as shit. I mean, I live in a, a house. I, I'm able to do great things. I'm blessed beyond recognition. I am blessed. If it all ends now, I am I died. I say, Hey man, I, I had, whether I I had the opportunity, I had the, I had everything in front of me, whether I used it to my best, you know, capabilities, probably not. I'm learning to do that now and helping other people and which makes me feel good. But, uh, I don't know even where I was going with that. It's okay. It's okay to screw up. Yeah. But by the way, but I appreciate it. And to see people, I think it's important for people to know that we're, we're, we're fallible. You know, I, you know, we, uh, for me, putting up the playing the character Superman, I put a lot of pressure on myself to 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 live up to that expectation. Uh, I mean, oh. I was always I was already a, a you know the, a Boy Scout and didn't do a lot of crazy things anyway. But I made sure that once I got the role, that I was not, that I protected the image not only of myself but of the character uh integrity and it was very important to me to have the character have integrity and it's a balance anyway of trying to sh- showing perfection and and then showing that you know life isn't about being perfect and i think it's important for people to know that you know that it's not always 
uh, you know, better on the other side. You know, we, we have this image, we have this view of who people are and what they are. And we imagine what their lives are like. And we, we project and we want to live that life because it's better than ours. Always, yeah. And you have to come to terms with the fact that to find happiness, you have to be okay with where you are. Well, this is your and, life. This is surrender, your life. And surrender to, to your experience. Um, some days are good. Some days are bad for, for everybody. Yeah. I, I, I tend to do that. I will look at like, uh, my friend Canton, Indiana with his three kids and his house and, you know, I don't know how many times I, I just, um, there's this, this envy. There's this, uh, this feeling of, man, it's, I won't say it out loud because God, I'm sure he wishes that he'd be on a hit show when he goes out and some people recognize him and he does all these things. He goes to Laker games and, but deep down I'm thinking, his wife's awesome. He's got three kids They're in the Midwest. Kids are drinking out of garden hoses. You know, they go to maybe go to a Walmart together. <laughs> Whatever. Well, I'm serious. There's there's certain friends that I look at that I'm like, I mean, it's so cliche. It just doesn't matter what you have in terms of, you know, money or fame. It just, I mean, you, it just doesn't. You hear it all the time. And you're lucky when you have it. You have all these things. It's what you do with it. But also, I mean, you think about the happy moments, happy moments when you just connect with someone, you just, it's not about the money. It's about two people going, this is a great moment. This is fucking, I can just feel this. This is you and me. This is uh, this is beautiful or witnessing something really nice. And it's very hard. And we get caught up in all these things. It's experiences, man. And, and that's what, that's what it's all about. I think that's why I'm, when I say I'm learning, I am, I'm learning every day. I'm like, why am I not happy today? Why do I feel, uh, you know what? Why don't you take a nice hike and look at the beautiful fucking trees and nature and sure you're colorblind, but the sky still looks great. You know, I mean, there's so many things you could do every day that we just go, Oh, I'm tired. I'm this. And just you get a car, go for a drive up the coast or I mean, and wherever you live, there's always something you can do to just go to get outside. And when you get outside of your head, when you could just say, Cause that's not fun to be in there too much, too long. But if you just take a, you know, today I'm taking the day off. I'm just going to hang out with Leo and Courtney and we're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Fuck. I don't want to go there, but I'm going to go just to see Leo's face and those, those bacteria infested balls that he's playing. <laughs> yes. You know, there's the, the, that's where, you know, people talk about meditation and, and I don't have a regular meditation practice. I still, I can't, I still have not had this found the structure to, to do that in my life, but I've read a lot about it. I've read a lot of books of spirituality and religion and all <laughs> this kind of thing. If I can do this, man, you can do it. Trust me. <laughs> and uh, and I do have you know moments where I where I'm I'm meditating in life, just in just in life. It's not a setting aside time to do it. But um, my point in bringing this up is clearing your mind is one thing, but listening to your mind is 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 maybe another thing. And when you're in nature, you can be in nature, but you also have to be aware of where your thoughts are and, and surrender to the fact that you're in nature and that you don't need to write the email and that you don't need oh, to think about that's it, isn't it? Think about what's fuck. Think about what's for dinner or check your Twitter messages because See if you have another follower, if you just, but those, but we, that's the autopilot. It's so, it's so quietly running these programs running yeah. in the background that it's really challenging Restart. to to cultivate the the ability to listen to it. And I'm saying this not because I mastered it because I am currently working on it. Uh, and as you're talking to somebody, even can I talk to you and still have that awareness mm -hmm. about oversharing or why am I sharing this information? Yeah. Um, and and I do that because I with my son. Can I really when I go to the park? 
with him and he wants to play with me, can I just surrender and not worry about anybody watching me and saying, oh, that's Brandon Routh, is one thought that pops into my head sometimes. The other is, oh, I have this email. I have to get back to my manager. I have to get my, something texted me. Or what, what, what are we having for dinner? Yeah, I have to let go of those things in order to really be with him uh, fully and play and engage. And then I can get back my childlike sense and, and really just play with him. And, and I it tell you, it's you, really a challenge. It's not only challenging, Hard. but it, you probably get down on yourself. Like why? It, you know why? Because this is honestly, this is just as bad as a cocaine addiction. Okay. Yeah. Because it really is. Or a heroin, maybe. I mean, maybe you won't die as fast. Maybe it doesn't feel like it's fucking you up really badly, but it is. It's almost as if one thing leads to another to three hours of a wasted day to, man, I could have, uh, I could have been having a great hike with my friend or I could have been. It just sucks the life out of you. And it's, it's hard. And it's like, but, but why do I have to keep coming back? It, because you're addicted to it. We're addicted to it. This is, it's, that's the world we live in. And so, but we, again, like a Coke addict, like a heroin addict, guess what? We got the fucking choice. We can say, you know what? I don't touch you today. And guess what? When I pick you up tomorrow, the world won't end. Mm-hmm. It just won't. I might have 40 emails. You know what? Tomorrow I'll take four hours and I'll just get caught up in everything. But today, no phone, be present. And you know what? I had that yesterday for a lot of the day where I was just distracted from doing things. I, had a, I went to the Ronald McDonald house with the kids for three hours. I went to this other thing. And I, 85% of my day was like I couldn't really be on the phone. You know? And that, when I looked at it, I saw these messages and I go, what am I really missing? Oh, my friend Kara said, what are you doing? Well, Kara, sorry. I was, I was just being busy. You, you know, you don't, and, you, and how, how do we feel so compelled to respond to everything? Yeah. I always, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm in town. What are you doing? I don't have to respond. Do you, do you feel like you Mom? were in the flow tomorrow? <laughs> Mom? You feel like you, something, you know, in the flow, what people call the flow yesterday? More of the flow. Is that what it is? The flow? There's I, something called, I mean, that's when you get creative. You know, people talk about when they do daring things and they're surfing or, you know, hang gliding or all kinds of, they get in the flow. But, but it's just like ease and. Um, there was an ease. And, you know, I have like horrible neck issues from uh, fusion. I mean, they're getting a lot better, but I notice when I'm connected or when I'm, is a good way. when I'm not on my phone, because, you know, they have this epidemic where people looking at their phones, you know, and the, people are growing like tails in their yeah, spine right. and shit. Yeah, I mean, this that. is true. This is science. Look it up. But by the way, how, if you have neck problems, should you be like this? Should you be fucking looking down like that? I mean, we just do it. But yes, in the, in the zone, in the, what'd you call it? The flow. flow. I mean, I just want to get life. more in the flow of life. You know, I said to myself, I wrote down, go away. And I named a couple of places. You want to go here? You want to go here? And I'm always waiting around like, well, let's see if my friend can get off work and go with me. Like, why don't you just fucking go by yourself, you fucking loser who can't be by yourself? Go to fucking Italy by yourself for a week. I don't know. What if I die? And then you die in Italy. That's pretty cool. I mean, why can't you just fucking be? Go take a, a break. Turn your phone off. Go to get a hotel somewhere in Santa Monica and just go on the beach. Anywhere. Just do disconnect. It's so easy to do, and I keep pushing it. Three weeks, four weeks. It's like, I'm going to put a date in my calendar after this interview. I'm going to say, if you don't go by this date, it's over. I hate you. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. You know, people go on vacation and, and they can have that reprieve a lot of the time. We don't go on vacation enough. And it's something that you can do, I think, probably on a daily basis is checking in and mm-hmm. 
having that mental, I don't know what you call it, mental vacation. I, I, it's, it's, it's understanding the pull of purpose. We go back to purpose and drive and work and kids and attachment to all of these things and the social structure that is life that we have to experience. If we're just laying on the beach all day, I think you really would get bored of that to a degree. Sure. So that's why people who, who are Plus you get sunburned, you get who, cancer. Right. You don't want to do that all Who day. retire, <laughs> they, they often find they need something else to do because yeah. sitting at home, if I had all the time to play World of Warcraft, I'd get bored and lonely. At some point, I would want real human interaction and I would need to go out and do something. So it's a balance between structure and non-structure that we have to, that we have to, that we can push, push towards, I guess, is, is, is working. I don't want to not be working, um, ah. but it's, it's doing the work. It's going to work, doing something useful uh, uh, that, that hopefully benefits society in some way. Um, but I'm not killing myself to do it. I'm having joy while I'm doing mm -hmm. it. I'm finding a way. Yeah. to be in awareness as I'm doing everything I'm doing in life. Do you know what I just thought of? Maybe this isn't profound. It, when it came to me, it felt profound. When we're on these things and when we're so preoccupied with all these, it's because in the back of our fucking feeble minds, Brandon, what we're thinking about is once I get to where I don't have to care about this, once I have such uh, I have enough money or success or this thing that I love, this podcast gets enough listeners then I could realize it's always going after something that's intangible. That is like, it's never going to end. Then when it's bigger, then what? Then it's harder. If you don't learn to do it now, it's, you're never going to learn it. Exactly. That is very profound. I mean, it hits yes. you in a different way. God that, damn it. That, that, that is the experience. We're all doing it in a different way. Yeah. We all had different parents. We all went to, uh, you know, had different friendships. We all have different jobs and different relationships with the people at our work, but we're all living a human experience. We all have, there's different social, economical, economic, you know, status and all of that. But we all are challenged by the same things. Mm -hmm. And the choice is, do you want to continue living like that? It's just a choice. Or would you like to investigate a different way of being? So that you can be at peace with where you are presently. That's it. I agree. I think that that's, I think we all want, everyone can relate. Anyone who's listening, we want peace. We want to just know we were a great friend, great father, whatever it is. It's just knowing like I am enough. Money, money's not going to do it. Look no. at, look at Tom Steyer, for instance. He's just popping into my brain because I saw him on Colbert the other day. This guy's a billionaire. He's not at peace. No, he's fighting for what he believes is the right of, of the, of the, of the country. He's a billionaire, no political, you know, not in politics. And he's like, I'm going to run for president because I, I can't, agree, I don't agree with what's happening and maybe I can contribute. Maybe I can help now. Ego. That's yes. Ego, yes. All those things. But, but he's not, if money gave him peace of mind, he'd be on a beach. Same that's like all Bloomberg. Was. Gives all this money to charity every year. And now he's, and now he's running for now he's running. So money doesn't buy you. Well, that's just like, that's called, world. that's altruism. That's like philanthropic at another level when you have you could disappear you could own the half the earth and what you're trying to do is just be a better human being make the world better that's why? freaking cool because it's exciting that and so yeah, if and that's life the, is, is if purpose. you're doing the same thing all the time and you have a peace and it's boring I'm not saying that there should always be war and strife to make life interesting but we have to have challenges in our life we want challenges 
we we strive for challenges. We strive for challenges. We we don't think we know we're doing it, but but that's exciting. Mm-hmm. If you play a video game where you just wander around and you don't aren't aren't um aren't challenged by anything, it's just a free play of a world. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. But I think that you eventually want to be challenged by by something in order to have the experience be worthwhile, have the experience be interesting, and also to learn from yourself. Because I want to be in love. if you're not challenged, that's great. That's what I want to do. I want to be in love. I just want to be in love. Yeah. So it sounds stupid, but I do. I think it'd be awesome to just be just crazy about something. It's not that I'm not crazy about people. It's just that, you know, when you can trust someone wholeheartedly and just like a relationship, a real, like it's been a while since I've had that kind of, you know, that's, I think that, you that know. goes back to you too, though, man. The band? Uh, you too. <laughs> hey, it's quick. Um, it goes maybe somewhere to them. Um, your capacity to, to love someone else is your capacity to love yourself and yeah. sincerity and, and the depth with which you can accept and love yourself is, is that with which you can do to the other person, I think. And that's something I've had to learn and experience as well. I'm sure, and it's also not always about you. And I, you need someone to sort of say, hey, asshole, turn your phone off, spend time with your family. Go, oh, my God. You know, sometimes you need somebody who's also accountable. You could, you know, they could help you. You're accountable for your own, but also someone else's. Life is not meant to be lived alone. Damn if it. You, if you're. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Ralph. What? I don't mean that you, you can be as you can be single, but you, if you're not, if you don't have other people in your life reflecting back who you are. Yeah, it's all about memories. You, it's all about, yeah. You can't learn anything. And the process of being here also is, is. You have to have two, just like you have to have black and white. You have to have more than one person, more than one thing in order to know, know who you are. Mm-hmm. Help you figure out who you are. To, to balance, yeah. You have to, you have to, yes. You know, I, I apologize to you. I want to apologize for the beginning of the interview. Mm. I felt like it was just too intense. Mm. <laughs> I felt like we just jumped into it because I wanted to talk to you about, like, uh, you know, I have toys around the house and, like, you know, you guys just got a house and, and, yeah. uh, you know, you're like, you want a toy room. You want some, because you have toys too. You were a big yeah. Superman fan. You had underpants, not underpants, uh, pajamas. Kind of pajamas, yeah. I call them underpants sometimes. They're part of the, they're kind part of, of, the part of the costume. But you, you had all this. Do you, you, what kind of, to, what's your favorite toy that you have? I don't say I'm a collector, like looking around your, I, 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 I'm not a, I, I collect, I have the toys of the things that I've been in because people send them to me and it's kind of a unique thing. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a collector of, uh, a true collector of of, of memorabilia uh, that much, but I do have some cool things. I have, uh, I mean, I have a Joe Montana signed football. Dude, see, that's that, beautiful. That's probably my biggest, love that. coolest. I'm not a collection. huge, I'm not a, I'm a Giants fan, but I'll never forget the, that team. I yeah. love Montana and Dwight Clark, and it just, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. So that was a pretty, that's a pretty special thing uh, for for me that I like to be able to put up and and have a room to display in the movie posters and. All of the projects, the various, the cool props and things that I might have that people, the artwork that people have made to me. Yeah, just to go, I get all these wonderful things that people make for me. Yeah. And they're just, you know, some of them end up sitting in a box and I'd like to be able to display it and say, oh, this is cool. I think that's nice. Um, Although it's hard to put up too many things of yourself because that looks just, it just feels strange. I don't have a lot of things of myself. That's that's good. I don't want to do that. Uh, Do I? But I think what we're going to do is we're going to incorporate some of those things into the, into the house in a, in a way uh in a cool way and not be so not that we were ever really strict about how we you know the art we put up on our in our house 
but but be more just f- free with it. Just oh, we, we put this and this yeah. cool art, and here's a poster of the show, and here's this and that. Here's a picture of our family and this, and just kind of have it more be more. I don't know, unique. The, the family. It's yeah. like this is our house. This is yeah. my house or your house. It's our house. This is you know it's not I, a museum. I mean, I mean, it's I mean, just a, a family. What house. are you saying? You saying this is a museum? No, no, no. I think that's so what you're I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying a hoarder now. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I'm a ho- is that what he said? I'm a hoarder? This is eclectic. That's what I mean. Thank you. I think that would be the word for it. Hey, we're going to do something real quick. For I, I do this every episode. At the last uh, end of the episode, it's for my patrons. They get to ask some questions here. And uh, this is called Shit Talking okay. with Rosenbaum. Danny says, I think he's great at playing comedic scenes. So I'd, I'd like to know which movie makes him laugh the most. Which movie in, in the history of life? Um, I'm going to go with my favorite comedy is probably Monty Python, Holy Grail. It's a great one. I love that. Yeah. I'll cut your, I'll cut your freaking leg off. I'll bleed all over you. I don't remember. All right, Nico P. When preparing for a role like Superman, how do you make the role your own without crossing the line into imitating a previous incarnation? I'm sure you've been asked that a lot. Yeah. And, and again, you, these are quick questions. You don't have to answer. Uh, you, you know, just you can be quick if you want. Okay. Um. Essentially, I was tasked with kind of um, having a similar energy as Christopher Reeve in Superman Returns. And so uh, I, I did do that. And partially that was just in me because uh, having watched the film so many times and he was my Superman. So it was just innately there. Um, I had absorbed, absorbed it, I guess, to a degree. And then, you know, I, I did I played Clark differently. I think in some ways my, 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 my approach to him was, was, was slightly different than, than Chris's. Um, but there are, there are similarities and there are things that are, they're different. So I'm, I'm not afraid to, to have walked in his footsteps because that's what I was tasked with. Doing. I think that that's, that's true. Especially if they're going, well, he resembles, there's a resemblance. Can't, if they're saying that, you I know, wouldn't have had the job. They don't want you to get there and go, Hey, Lex Luthor, yeah. how are you? I, I, <laughs> truth be told, I wouldn't have had the, I wouldn't have gotten the job if right? I didn't do some of that. Jilly, I love Brandon, and I think he does an amazing job at playing characters that are good and still making them entertaining. Does he get tired of playing the good guy? Well, you play bad guys. I don't get tired. I love the good guy. I never get to play the good Talking guy. Talking about the joy and and the experience of life and the balance, um, you know, I that's why I love playing uh, Clark and and Ray Palmer so much. Clark was was able to be human um, to live as a human on Earth because he couldn't do it as Superman. So he had this great joy in that interacting with people. And that's why he was happy and all of these things. And, and Ray Palmer is a, has a similar approach about life as well. He, he believes in goodness and, and uh, happiness and all those things. But his journey on Legends has been with the entrance of uh, Courtney's character, Nora Dark, to see the other side and to find balance, kind of mirroring my own life. Angie, was it difficult to keep a straight face acting beside Justin Long and Zach and Mary make a point? Absolutely. I'm sure I, I, I ruined a couple uh, of good improv lines that he had uh, when that happened because I couldn't. He's hilarious. He's coming on the show, too. Oh, yeah, good. Casey, other than yourself, who's your favorite? Wait, not Casey. I'm not asking Casey. Casey says, other than yourself, <laughs> who is your favorite Superman? Oh, well, I love myself. Uh, uh, who's your favorite Superman? Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Matthew J, what were your thoughts on Scott Pilgrim versus the world where you played a crazy, powerful vegan ex-boyfriend? I'm curious what you think of the role looking back now that it's been so many years. Uh, it's a fantastic film. I think it 
you know, I still get many, many fans who come up and are very appreciative and quote the line and uh, quote the lines from the movie. Uh, it was so much fun. Edgar Wright is a genius. Um, the whole cast and crew was uh, fun to work on. And I love playing outrageous, out there, over the top characters. Ryan, do you know a quote from that movie? Uh, I can't think of any quotes, but follow up. Do you actually play the bass? I learned to play the bass for that bit. For that, to yeah. play the, the you play ba- the trumpet, the though. bass battle, play yeah. trumpet. Yeah, play bass battle. Play... I played trumpet in middle school and uh, and I played in the pep band in college. Oh, nice. Um, I haven't picked you didn't up play a... in high school. I did play in high school oh, too, okay. but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, jazz band. I yeah, got, I, I got was it. in I was in jazz band. I was in marching band. I didn't end up doing uh, marching band in college, which is because I, I, I didn't work on my schedule. Um, but uh, my dad is a jazz drummer, and so I grew up listening to a lot of jazz. Jerry W. How did you like working with Brian Singer? You took a deep breath in that one. Well, there, there's a. Uh, You're trying it's a to challenge. It's a challenging. It's a challenging subject matter. Obviously, obviously, with the the current uh, right. But like current, uh, current uh, Brian um, is a is a film genius and uh, was very passionate about the film. And, um, I think made, um, uh, a great, a great movie. It was not always easy to work with. Why wasn't it easy to work with? I mean, we're talking about mental health. Everyone should be seeing a therapist. Everyone has trauma in their life. And when I say trauma, it just means emotional experiences, heavy emotional experiences. It doesn't mean you had a traumatic brain injury or that you were in the war. Everyone has had some kind of trauma in their life and yep. everyone should be seeing a therapist. I recommend a trauma therapist. Um, I see one. Um, and, uh, he hit things in his life, which, um, you know, would come up and he wasn't always, um, the, the kindest person to everyone. He was always put on his best face for me, thankfully. So he was kind to you. That was not, that was not, but you saw it. You witnessed other things that you were like, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Angelina G, before beginning work in the industry, what is the one film or show you wish you would have had the chance to be in? Before working in the industry, if you look back and go, oh, before what's working. on at this time? God, I'd love to be on 30-something. Was that on? No. <laughs> no that, was, that was way over by then. Maybe for me, before the industry, it was 30-something. Now I'm 48-something. Before I was in the industry. Yeah, what was the one film or TV show you're like, God, man, I'd love to be in that? Uh, how many years ago did you start the industry let's figure it out then 20 20 years ago so that was uh, 99 i moved out to la i mean i one of my first auditions was for dawson's creek Ooh, as not, not 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 as a regular it was a character that had like in season three or right. something right so i would kind of watch that and i'm like oh I, i'm gonna go because I, I technically wasn't in it yet um i wouldn't say that was a huge dream but it was the first time i i, I never thought about that so if i it's a conscious thought about being on. It was like, what if I was on Dawson's Creek? And don't you love that song? I used to hate it when it was oh, on, yeah, yeah. but now I, yeah. what was it? I don't want to wait oh, to be over. I had a moment of, yeah, I was like, am I going to go lower? Then that's going to sound <laughs> yeah, stupid. You, I have you to go for it. You never know when you're in the mic. No. I don't want to wait. No. I, that I, sounds too cool. I went for the original for key. lives to be over. That was a good song, man. Who sang that? I made a choice. Penny. Isn't it Penny something? No. Penny? There was a penny? Look it up, Brian, while I'm asking the next question. Uh, okay, we're almost done. Taylor B., what movie or show were, uh, do you feel your greatest accomplishment and why? I always kind of lean towards Superman because it was the biggest 
most pivotal experience, not just, you know, career wise, but, but, but just personally, you know, it, everything has stemmed from, from that experience. Right. By the way, did you like working with Kevin Spacey? <laughs> <laughs> shut up. I'll shut up. But you know, I didn't even think about that. He was Lex Luthor in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did Paula Cole. Paula Cole. Paula Cole. Just check for shits and giggles if her middle I'm name thinking, is Penny. I, there is a band that's something, a Penny something, and I, yeah, I love now I can see that it's not. <laughs> I it's love the look you just gave me. Last You're Kiss like, or something. Not Last dick. Kiss, that's... Um, Dion K. what were some of the funniest moments on the set of Chuck? I love Zach. He's Chuck. a great friend. He's Such a awesome. good guy. I love that show. I was a fan of that show before going on. Uh, funny moments. Funny, funny, funny. Uh, you know, I always loved being in the Buy More. That was, I always wanted to be in the Buy More more. But my character was the bad guy turned, you know, good guy turned bad guy. So I didn't, wasn't there very much doing funny stuff. But uh, I don't, I always had fun when we were there. Oh, funniest. Or in the, yeah, funniest. Lisa, I love him in Legends. That's a great answer. I sorry. love him in Legends, says Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. A question would be in regards to your current role. Mm -hmm. What has been your favorite er era? Era? Because mm -hmm. I know there's yes. like the Smallville era or there's this era, right? Right historical events slash that legends have gone right, back to. Yes. So that's kind of, that would count, right? The crossovers? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what is your favorite? Well, um, I was be the, when we, in season two, went back to uh, like five, 600 AD, not, yeah, AD, uh, Camelot. We did a Camelot episode. And I was, did you see I that was one? knighted no. Sir, Sir Raymond of the Palms. Did you love it? I did. I got to sword fight. Just dressed up with, like a stud. Neil McDonough. Dude, my, I love Neil. Yeah, Neil's great. Yeah, I remember he was on that. He's great. He's, 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 with him. he's yeah. such a fantastic, yeah. Well, he's got a lot of kids. He's uh, six kids. Son of I think. a bitch. He's a fantastic actor. And, he is. And really, he played Courtney's dad in the, in the show and they had, you know, Nora and, and uh, Damien Dark's relationship was, was awesome. And uh, I got to be a part of some fun stuff uh, with him. He's he's great. By the way, have you finished filming now? You're done? Yes. I finished in November. In November. So that's it. Yeah. Was it an emotional finish? Did you cry in front of the crew? Were they upset people? Because I, I feel like they love you. Uh, I did cry a little bit. There's, uh, It was a weird schedule because we were filming the crossover as I was filming my last two episodes. So it was hard to kind of... So we're going back and forth yeah. from crossover days to, to episode days. And there's a very dramatic, couple, very dramatic scenes in the last couple episodes, and uh, one in particular between Nick Zano and I. And uh, you know, <laughs> that that was that was the hardest. The, the was the hardest day, and I got a lot of my emotions out that day on um, set, on set, on camera. I bet they came pretty easily. It was there. Yeah. Um, it didn't have to to reach far for it. And so the last day, I was you know in the Adam suit doing green screen, working by myself with the crew. So it was a little bit kind of a weird last day. I bet when that makeup artist, she gave her the hug when she kind of, did you go in there? Because I remember I used to have my head cleaned up because it took two hours in the beginning to, to do everything right. You know, uh, they figured it out. It ended up taking an hour and a half after like two years of like, because really? wow. it was, they, you couldn't see hairline. I had yeah. so much hair. So they shaved me, you know, and then all the, and then at the end it took a half an hour to like get it all off and warm towel and just like, you know, and I remember the last time, and I was kind of like, oh, you know, it's great. So the crew clapped, and I hugged everybody, and, you know, I was just ready to go. I was just ready. I was like, yeah. And as I'm walking out, I looked at Natalie. I looked at her, and I just fell apart. And I just started crying, and she cried, and I held her because this woman, I knew her by far 
more than I've known anybody in my life. Yeah. I was with her hmm. all day, seven years, 10 months a year, 22 episodes a year. And it was just in that makeup trailer for two hours talking about her life. I know all her stories and her, me talking to, she seemed good, bad, everything. It was just this emotion that poured out. And what was great was kind of bittersweet was when I left, you know, it was a couple of years ago. I had the show called Impastor that was on for just a couple of years. And I got her to come work on the show and some other crew guys from Smallville. And um, I got, you know, it, so it was nice to see you know, yeah. them back because they were, people don't realize they're, it's like family. It's like you're with them more than your family. Absolutely family. I mean, that's the hardest thing we, uh, there were a couple of people that, that happened to me, kind of that surprise like, oh, well, there's that. Okay. There's some, some good, it? strong emotion. Any actors um, that you just felt like? See, there were no, no, there were, there were no, it was, I was by myself. Oh that yeah. Last the day. green screen. So, uh, so it was just the crew. DP probably. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, he was trying to DPs. hold it together cause he had, uh, or our first, uh, a cam, uh, operator, you know, he had to keep it together and do the rest of the work and. Um, but with, with makeup and hair, especially that's, you know, you and do, you know, I'm sure you're with you your wife, develop that bond and she wasn't there, but, but, but our first day for our last days together, we were having emotions together because of our last scenes together. And, um, you know, it's just, a. It, it, I've never, I've never been in that position before. Um, and again, leaving wasn't my choice. So there's all of those, uh, feelings mixed up in there. Um, and nobody wanted to my knowledge, nobody on the crew wanted to see me go. Uh, so, uh, and they, they knew that it was That's because they didn't that, see you on the road raging. <laughs> they didn't see the road rage. <laughs> it's because they were watching the road rage from eight years ago. Uh, yeah. So I take that experience and I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Um, and uh, I have to be ready. All, practicing all the things that I've been talking about this whole, <laughs> this whole conversation is having that be a part of my story. That is part of my experience. Yeah. And when I start to ruminate on that, I have to go, okay, but l leave it there for now because it's not going to put, usually not going to put me in a good place. And you can't control it. And I can't control it anymore. I can only control my response and my response is to go, okay, I'm thinking about it. Now, how can I best serve myself and my family in this moment? Right. Thinking about that or moving on and finding presence to be with my son or my wife. Well, you said something before you're grateful. I'm grateful that you came on the show today. Thanks. I'm grateful for having you. I thought this was really fun and insightful. And it, I mean, it, I think, look, I think you're a great guy. I think what's, what's great is you're, uh, you just, you're, 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 you're very honest with yourself I'm and other to be, because I don't think I always have but that's, been, that's, you know? the, that's all it is. Yeah. The fact that you're working on it Yeah. just to admit that, Hey, I'm, I'm, I've, I've haven't been the greatest in the past at times I haven't. I think people are very forgiving. It's just about who you are now, who you're becoming. And I think that's what I'm striving for. I think we all are. So we have to give everybody a, a chance to grow and to become themselves. Obviously you can still be at fault for things and you have to make up for those mistakes and there are ways to do that. But if we never allow anybody to grow outside of themselves, then, then what the heck, you know? Yeah. So guys, give me well, a chance. Doomed, doomed to give me not, a chance. You, yeah. heard, you heard Brandon. Right. Give Michael give a, me chance a chance to evolve, to give you. Yeah. Dude, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I love that episode. That was the first one on video. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. that I mean, the good couch, job. The couch is different. The couch we'll is just, different. Let's just point that out. Different couch. We have a different couch now. 
because Brandon was sitting on a different couch. We got a new couch here we right did. now. Ryan, great job on the first episode of ever editing a podcast. Thank you. I think you did a great job, and I know you spent a lot of time in this, and I probably don't pay you enough, but eventually I will if I can afford you. I do it for the love. Yeah, I think you do. I hope you do, and I, yeah. and I, and I love you. Look, this is all part of, like, you know, you work hard in the beginning. We work hard, and, and, and hopefully things come, you know, yeah. we, we grow together. Yeah. All of us, we grow together. We do. Top patrons out there, shout out to the top tier patrons who support uh, the podcast. Allison L, Andrew C, Angelina G, Barry L, Bob B, Bortex, Chris, Dion K, Emily K, Emily S, Emma H, Jason D, Jason W, Jerry W, Jill E, Kevin R, Kev, Kristen K. Is that Kristen Crook? Is she supporting us? That'd be neat. Lauren G, Lee S. Hi, Lee. Uh, just kidding. Mark A, Michael S, Nancy D, Nico, Raj, Robert B, Sarah V, Scott B, Sean W, Tiana, Trisha N, Yukiko. And remember, check out the, uh, the live podcast in Austin. Tell me if you're coming. We need you there. There's limited seating. Zach Levi is the guest. Go on my uh, social media and you'll see where you can get tickets and all that. And I said it in the intro if you, for some reason, didn't listen to the intro. But uh, And then I'm going to be in Mexico and doing a lot of cons this year. So see if I'm in a city near you and you can come up and say, oh, my God, I listen inside of you. And I'll be like, oh, dude, and we'll hug each other. Just like that. Yeah, we will. Shout out to my um, charities, Ronald McDonald House, Echoes of Hope for Foster Youth, Food on Foot for Homeless. Um, if you ever feel like donating, that's great. Um, Thank you for becoming a Patreon and supporting inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum and all these wonderful things that we're uh, giving you. I think that's about it. I think we should shut the F up, shouldn't we? Shut it down. Let's shut it down. Thank shut you all down. for allowing me to be inside of you. Uh, take care. If you have any ideas or anything, we're always open to, to hearing your ideas. And uh, I'm on the cameo thing and doing all that stuff. So thanks. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Retweet. Share it. All that's going to really help, and we want to keep doing this for you and keep doing it for us because we love it. So take care. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker, although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.